story county The Mustang still runs free Eagle soars above the pinion pines And we know these horses stand for something That is precious and more rare Than all the silver and the gold from them old mines So let them run Hi, welcome to Horse Sense 101. I'm your host, Joe Jones, Vale, Oregon's resident redneck and owner of Joe Jones Performance Horses. Horse Sense 101 is a podcast dedicated to helping you have a meaningful relationship with your horse and for them to be a willing partner in all your adventures. The podcast is available every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to join us on our Facebook group, Horse Sense 101. You can also find the podcast link, calendar, and news about our upcoming events on our webpage, www.horse-sense101.com, and sign up for our newsletter there as well. And if you have a moment and are so inclined, please leave a review on Podchaser. It's free, and I would really appreciate it. This week, I have the exciting opportunity to visit with one of the truly great cutting horse trainers and showmen, Mr. Harold Chubby Turner, has been referred to as the ambassador of cutting. With more than 40 years of experience in just about every aspect of the cutting horse industry, Chubby brings a vast knowledge and history of cutting to the sport with over $2.5 in rider earnings. Chubby was the 2014 and 2013 NCHA Open World Champion on one-time choice and also the 2004 NCHA Open World Champion on Flick-A-Cat. Chubby has also had a successful aged event career, including two NCHA Super Stakes Championship titles. Chubby is an NCHA Lifetime member and currently serves as an at-large director of North Texas. He also serves as, served as an NCHA president for 2009-2010 term, and was instrumental in the sponsorship of Mercuria for the NCHA World Finals and World Series of Cutting. He was inducted into the NCHA Members Hall of Fame in 2015 at the NCHA convention. So if you are serious about riding, training, and showing cutting horses, I strongly recommend that you find a way to ride with him soon. I want to apologize in advance for the quality of the audio, as it was difficult to record the conversation with the connection we had that day, but the quality of what Mr. Turner has to say more than makes up for it. So, Mr. Turner, tell me about your your family life. Uh, growing up, were you, were you raised around horses? Are you a, a lifelong horse owner? Or, or, or how, how did that all get started? Actually, uh, I'm an only child. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Bethany, Oklahoma, right outside of Oklahoma City. And I was always nuts about a horse growing up. My dad said that when I was two years old, I was kind of a toe-head, you know, real white hair, or black hair hair. He said they were at my grandmother's place. There was a big ranch next door. And he said that they lost me. They couldn't find me. They searched somewhere. My dad was always nervous. So I'm sure he went too heavy. So finally through the weeds there, he could see my toe head sticking up over the weeds that were growing out there. And he went out there, and I was 
I crawled up next to a big old black horse and was just leaned up against him rubbing on it. Luckily, he must have been pretty, pretty uh, gentle. And uh, that's that's how I, I've just always thought about horses. And as I got older, uh, you know, uh, I played sports in school and everything. And I was about, I guess I was about 12. And my dad, uh, uh, I, was, I, was, I was 10 when I got a horse. And I used to ride my bike about two miles where we kept him. And we went and rode every day. And he was kind of a wild little wrestler, so I didn't have a saddle, so I learned bareback for the first year. <laughs> I got Throwed off a lot in different things, but uh, just kept it up. And, and then uh, as I, we got older, he, uh, I was practicing with a rope, roping a can out in the backyard. And uh, I was like 12 or 13, I think. And he, he said, Hey, I'm, I got some friends. And he said, Dave, right, cutting over. So I'm going to go see him. I said, Oh, Dad, that's, that's probably the sister's point. I said, I'm going to have to be a roper or a bronc rider or something. So I wouldn't go. Well, finally, he talked me into it. And uh, I went down with him, and they put me on a horse that was 22 years old, and he knew a heck of a lot. I wish I still had him, uh, but that was the first one I ever got on. And the minute I cut that first cow, I was, I was sold forever. So that's all I've been doing since then. So that's how it all got started. And uh, then as we went on, uh, I just excelled a little bit more cutting as I got a little lower and started off. And, I don't even think it's NCHA. I think I just started off in youth classes. It was kind of like a little show deal or something like that. And he joined the Oklahoma City Roundup Club, and they would go and uh, meet. They'd come about 30 head of cows once a month, and then they'd go out there in the evening on Wednesday and Friday and cut. And that's where I really got started. I'd go there, and uh, I had a guy that was supposed to be a trainer, and he didn't. To me, he wasn't really a trainer, but that's who taught me to start with. And it just evolved. And, and I went on to college. I finally had three and a half semesters left. And I thought, shoot, I don't know what this college is going to do for me. I'm going to be a cutting horse trainer. So I took off and started trying to be a cutting horse trainer. And I've been in it for a long, long time. And it's just the best thing that ever happened to me. I love it, I, I love it every day. Every day. I never got sick of it or tired of it. Or anything. And I'm 70. Four years old, and uh, about four years ago, five years ago, the ranch I worked for here in Weatherford, some people from Switzerland on it, and uh, he he found me from somewhere and got me started, you know, with him and wanted me to help her. And she was so she moved here to go to, from Switzerland to go to TCU, and she to stay with us most of the time on the weekends, and I taught her how to ride. Cutter. She rode some, but she didn't really understand the game. And then we went on. She won two or three major events. One, her and I both won the world championship in uh, 2013, I think. Uh, was I've won it three times, but that was a 2013, 2014. I rode one of their horses. She rode in 2013, won the non-pro, and then she, she was going to college at TCU, so she kind of backed off of it for a little bit. But we bought this, they bought this place here right outside of Weatherford. And uh, I've been here for hmm, about 12, 15 years now. And, but they hired Grant Sitton to come in and take, kind of take my place. So, are you still with me? I'm, I'm here. Are, are, do you have me on speakerphone? I can get there. No, no, no. I just, okay. I just want to make sure you're, 
you're you're comfortable if it, if it's easier oh, for yeah. you to have the phone up your head do that i didn't want you to think you had to have the hold the phone so no i got it right here about my ear so i'm, I'm just grabbing but you probably asked me another question now i don't know <laughs> no no i, I i'm I, I i think what what we're talking about lays the foundation really for yeah. you know for for who you are uh I mean, right. I know anybody that knows anything about cutting horses knows who you are, but, but for everybody else, uh, I, I think the, the cutters are such a special group that um, I think a lot of people don't understand the, I've heard it say that, that there's uh, methamphetamines and heroin are, are the most addictive substance on earth. And, and I don't think whoever said that had ever ridden a horse with a cow. I, uh, I use that in some of my clinics sometimes. I said, for those of you who have never rode a cutting horse or just barely getting started, the best advice I can give you is to quit. Give up. Don't do it. They all look at me like I've gone crazy. I said, because it's just like some dope or something. Somebody sticks some heroin in your arm. I said, you become an addict. And I said, believe me, you cannot put it down. And it'll take over your life so you want to be sure this is what you want and, and it's tremendously more expensive than cocaine oh yeah absolutely is. <laughs> Co cocaine's way cheaper <laughs> yeah. oh, this this sport uh what was it you said one time man told me he said if you want to get rich you better start off with a uh being a very wealthy person because it's <laughs> gonna cost a lot and uh like in a horse trainer's deal i've been fortunate enough to work quite a little bit but now I'm 74, like a, uh, I live in a beautiful place, air conditioned, heated arena. And two years ago, they said they had a young pastor, they made me in charge of movement. So now I went from winning three world championships, two super stakes, super pro security, all the little securities and whatnot, and Augusta and all that. And now I'm, I'm cleaning stalls and riding my own two horses in there. Uh, Take care of breeders, getting breeders. I did that a lot in college. You know, worked on some breeding farms, but it was only starting to have the money to go cut. So, so I'm the most hooked person you probably ever met. Um, I, 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 I don't know how else to explain it, but I, I appreciate you kind of, kind of laying that out for us. Yes, um, so. With all this cutting, I, I mean, I believe it's probably the probably the most important thing for cutting horse enthusiasts to know is that is the, the, the place horsemanship plays in all of this. Um, oh, yeah. and I, and I'm sure you've, you've received some, some help. I mean, from where, where you live and the people, you know, what, what, what is the best piece of, of horsemanship advice you've received in your, in your career? If you can think of, think of what it might be. Well, my hero was Matlock Road, and fortunately, I got to spend a lot of time with him. We hauled together when I was, oh, I, I forgot what horse I had. He was, a, he was a pretty good horse, but he wasn't as trained, you know, as like Matlock's training. But I hauled with him for about a month, two months maybe, when he had Pepinita way back there, and, and Pepsan too. But uh, he taught me a tremendous amount, and the first thing he said was, Keep it simple, stupid. Don't make this, you know, don't make a big deal out of it. Which he was so hard to meet 
his, his name on the CB was uh, Stony because he had a stone face all the time. And it's really hard to get with him. But he just, for some reason, liked me. And man, did he teach me a lot when I was, oh, like uh, 20, 21. And that's the guy that really taught me the most. My dad and his buddies, they cut from there and got started too, but they didn't know what they was doing compared to what Matlock did. So I'd say he was probably as important in my career as anybody has been. And, he, and, he, and they said, keep it simple. And that's where most people get in trouble. They get overwhelmed by what's technical. You may get a real fast cow, whatever the case may be, and all of a sudden this horse takes over and he just gets sick. You can't believe it. He's making all this money. What do I do? And basically, keep out of his way. Let him do this, you know? So, anyway, I get wound up. There's a huge stop man once you need to. No, no, I, I'm, I, I, this is, this is, this is exactly what I was hoping for. Okay, okay. Well, let me, I'll go on then. Uh, mainly what I tell people when they start is the same thing. Just keep it simple. It's a real simple game. You only go on left and right, and you got to, it's like a, uh, you got to stop before you go the other direction. So it's called left stop, right stop, basically. And uh, even when you're training this what you're training that horse to move with the cow to a stop and stay even with it, if at all possible, to stay in the correct lead, with the correct lead, going to the left for a stop is the right lead. Correctly going to the right to stop is the right lead. Well, to get into the left lead, you use your right leg, right? right? That's your cow leg, right next to the cow. And we try, even when that horse maybe overlooked and falling off a little bit, you fall in the cow, horse will duck and fall away from a cow sound. The mind tells you to use, say, I'm going to the left, tells me to use my left foot to get him back up there. But he moves away from my foot, and he actually looks back at it. You reach and poke a horse in the rear from your finger, he'll look around towards your finger. You see what I'm saying? It's like if you, would, if you put your foot on my right rib, I definitely look back at you, bend away from that foot, get away from that pressure. So you use your cow leg to go in. Now, if he falls too much, most people say, now what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to reach back toward that back cinch as far as I can and push his body back under him so he straightens up. Now, he, he may not bend ground back up to that cow, but it, whatever, that's what you've changed for his direction. Instead of him going too far left, now you're flattening him out. Now he's going out. He might have lost four or five feet, you know, uh, from the cow, but now you're back on a straight plane with him. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I talk kind of fast, so, but, uh, so that's the most important thing. Left stop, right stop, break leg. Most people get in trouble because they feel they're falling away from that cow, and the first thing they want to do is try to use that off leg to kick him back up there. Well, the minute you push, I'm going to the left, when I push the left leg at him, he looks back at my foot. I don't want him looking back at my foot. I want him looking at that cow, right? So that's why not an opposite of the time, I'm going to use the leg next to the cow, trying to stay on a parallel 180-degree line with that cow not trying to go past it unless I feel in my mind that I, that, cow, that I'm capable of stepping by that cow to stop him and still get back to being in control. But if he's going real fast and not showing a lot of honor, I'm going to stay right with him just keep you pushed away and play the defense, you know? It's so like, uh, so qu- question, question for you on that. So okay. so if you're starting a two-year-old and you're, you're just, just putting the first couple of rides on him, and you're you're trying to get you know trying to get him to 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 bend his head to the right. 
um, would would you go ahead and use a right leg to soften his ribs and and begin yeah and begin begin that basically oh oh, you use his ribs to bring his to soften his head so when you're pulling on the right rein use the right right leg and soften him up most people will do it the other way logically you think the other way but that's not right you gotta gotta use cow leg 99 percent of the time that's my saying okay i've i've just 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 kind of a personal question i've been I've been struggling okay. with that, you know, where on the foundation for my horses, you know, where, where that, you know, cause I was sort of raised, you know, right rein, left leg, but with the cutting horses, it's the cow side leg. So now that I've kind of got into starting some horses from, from scratch, my, my dad's not, not able to start horses for me anymore. So I have to do it myself. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, so kind of well i've made quite a few horses you know pretty hard by going at it the other way so um i i'm i'm thinking that that that's that was my question is is if if that if that cow side leg bends their head to the right then then you can you can develop your two-year-old from scratch by by using your i guess i would call it an inside leg um you know if you're you're going around the round pen in a right hand circle um, and you want to you want to double that horse around? You could use your use your right leg to kind of help soften his face to to keep that. If you're going to the right, you wouldn't use your right leg to soften him. Get him turn if you're going to turn back to the left. No, I mean you if you're if you're just gonna if you're gonna stop him and turn him back to the right, going around the round pen, you'd you'd use your leg that's the 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 same leg that's in your hand. So if you wanted you're going to the right and you turn left. You would use your left foot and your left hand um, to go back to the left to to kind of soften him up a little bit, rather than grabbing your grabbing your left rein and and then bumping him with your right leg to kick him through the turn. Right. Yeah, because he, I I grab if I wanted to go to the left or make a left turn or stop my left turn, I would have the left rein maybe his nose tucked to the left, and I would use my when I started it, I'd make sure I. I might not have stick spurring, but I might have that leg in your wrist to move his ribs away from me in order to come around that left. You see what I'm saying? Right. I don't want him. I want his nose and everything come first, and the body to follow. So, so I'm using uh, uh, cow side. We set up. You, you make a left turn. So I'm going to my right. If I'm going to make a left turn on the cutter, it's left stop, right stop. You know. Okay. So if I'm going to my right, he's got a land in that right knee. Correctly, he can't land with his weight, his ribcage toward a cow. He's got to land with his ribcage away from the cow. Mm-hmm. So that frees everything up so he can, his nose and everything come around and come right back into that left lead. It'd be just like if you were a rainer and you're going down in the right lead to make a left row back. You don't go around the right lead to make a right row back. It makes everything not work. See? So it's the same thing. Left stop, right stop. Left leg going to the right, right leg going to the left. Cow play. Okay. That that's I appreciate that. That's that well, kind of helps. That helps me. I don't know about anybody else, but that helps me out quite a bit. That yeah, well, because I've I've been the first thing they want to do if you want to turn to the left, they want to kick him with the right leg, and that's okay if he's uh halfway through that turn. You know, if he's ninety degrees through that last ninety, you can help him with that right leg to make finish that left leg. Then when you use that right leg at that last uh 
uh, at the last 90 degrees of the 180 degree turn, then he'll pick up the left leg going to the left, see? So you wouldn't want to try it. If you follow me, it's left leg, right leg. Going to the left, I'm using my right leg, my cow leg, leg this cow. I'm going right, I'm using my left leg to get there. So when I land in that stop to the right, I land with my body set to come around back to the left. Okay? Gotcha. You got to land in the right leg to turn cleanly and get back. Start out of his left leg. So if he lands on his right foot, the left foot, he's all in bad shape to make a left turn. And I'm telling you all this stuff, but when I started, they just used the spurs and the shoulders. And it was the ugliest thing you've ever seen <laughs> back in my story. There was no stop. They kept, well, I went to stop at mine when I was like 13. This guy said, yeah, it's like them Texas boys. And I thought, well, I, I won't have to them Texas boys. You Yorkie boys ain't, ain't beating them. So. <laughs> but they run sideways in Oklahoma, basically. And that doesn't mean much money when you cross the Red River. Right. So immediately I, I got my heroes on the other side of the river. Because uh, back when I started, the most of the guys in Oklahoma were running kind of sideways. But it it's ugly, and it won't win anything today. I mean, if you can run sideways today, everybody is laughing at you, see? And that's why they did their legs the way they did. But it wasn't correct. So it's just like you see a random, or you see anything. When you go down for a left throwback, you're always in the right lead. So you, so you make that left throwback, it's clean. If you're in the left lead going down the gym and make a left turn, it, you're turning to your shoulders. It's all, you have to cross over. It's, it's a mess. So, so how how broke do you want your two-year-olds before you introduce them to cows? I mean, do you... Well, you know, Buster Welch didn't want them broke. He kept telling us everybody's getting them over broke. I want them so that I can rope them to the left. Like maybe just going in the left circle. So I'm in the left lead, look around there when I stop. I'll back up a step and break off, take a left turn. And, uh, I mean, I go to the left, I stop, back up, make a right turn, and start out my right lead. And I might love a big circle in the right lead, in the right lead, and I stop, I roll them back across the left, because everything's set up when I land in that right lead, I'm stopping that right lead, that left lead, I'm away, okay? And, but if I land that left lead down, he's got his left foot in front of his right, so he's trying to make a left turn. Now he's got to call over it. You see what I'm saying? Or am I being? Nope, no, I, 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 I follow you. Um, okay. So, so, but, but you're not, you're not the guy that's going to have your horse, you know, uh, spinning circles and side no. passing, and you, you're not going to no. do basically prepare them for a reigning competition and then introduce no. them to cattle. You, you just have some basic control on your horse, and then the cow, the cow it's becomes the focus. Control on the horse, you know. It's 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 just, it's just this game is just left stop, right stop. If you turn a complete circle, you're going to get a zero. So you don't you don't want to spin a circle, right? You just make it left stops and right turns, and right stops and left turns. Left stop, right stop. That makes sense. That's how you have to look at it. Yes. And when you're judging and you get you're judging pretty good, that guy's looking across to the right, the left lead, it's ugly. And you see it, and, and, I mean, it's just 
it's not something I look for, but you can kill it. Because the horse is going to be awkward making this outside book. You just got that right. You're going to have Hick turning around that left. Because he lands in the left leaf. He's got to land in the right leaf. It's bullshit. So he's going to look up Much like a basketball player. You know, you don't see them stepping over the shelf. They shuffle across that court, right? Correct. And, uh, anyway. So, so from. Look at your tables. Go ahead. Okay. And then that's, that's, this game is so simple. It's left stop, right stop. Be even with the cow. And as you do it, and as you get to when the horse gets trained really good, you don't know how much you can go by that cow in order to control it gets stopped. And you have to go by it to stop it unless he's really got a lot of feel. And a lot of times you don't have to go by so far. Just get his way and he'll turn back. But I'm, when I'm going to the right, I'm looking for a right needed stop and making that cow come back across to the left and go across the left and left lead. And then the left lead and stop so that I can come back to the right. Now, if I go to the left lead, let's say, just an example, I land that left lead as I stop, and it cow just stutter steps on it and continues to go left. I'm already, all I do is just use Calego and he stays like this. You see? If I go over there and he, and he, when he stops, he starts to turn around too quick, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm just deliberating again. So, it's got to be, it's, it's the sequence is like this. Cow moves, horse moves, rider moves. Rider moves because if the horse gets away from his weight. If I, if I get over here and the cow moves, I move. Now I've got the horse's way and he, he's kind of has a hard time getting turned around to If I go over here and this cow breaks back my left and I lean the left to go, it'll cause my horse to take another step to the right and be late getting out of there. He can't, he can't push me through that. He pull me through it. <laughs> so, so as you're as you're developing your 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 young horse, um, mm-hmm. are you are you starting them in, in the round pen and basically focusing on just getting them to rate that cow? Um, is yeah, is that where you begin? Or or first thing I do is when I, I get the horse broke enough that I can pull him around here and, and, and I can change leads with him. You know, when I get take the left lead and right lead easily. Then I start trailing the cow. And I may start off, say, in a round pin or a square pin or out the past, whatever, but I just start off trapping that cow from behind, you know? And this track go with him. And then when that cow breaks off left to right, whatever, I just might break my horse with him, get over. And pretty soon you'll feel that horse start thinking about the cow. Might be, might be the first time you do it. Might be a week, week before you feel it. But if you just keep tracking behind him, and like you're driving, and you stay like that until you track it. So now he's thinking about that cow. Then I'll, because of Buster Wells being smart enough to build that round pin, it makes it 10 times easier to start him now. So I'll get up in that round pin. Now I got him where he'll track with the cow good. Now I get up here and I start the cow around, whichever way I'm going left, let's say, and I start easing myself up there beside that cow. Sufficient distance away from it so I'm not scaring it. Because if you realize, a cow and a horse are similar to two people. I got the bubble around me just like you got a bubble around you. And when you first meet me, you're going to reach out at arm's length to shake my hand. You're not going to get up here and hug me, right? You're just going to reach out and say, how are you, kid? And so we reach out. All right, now as I get a little more to know you, we can kind of get a little closer. Like meeting a girl, same deal. First, I'm 
just tipping my hat and staying off. After a couple, three days now, I may get to put my arm around. See what I'm saying? So that's the way it is with a cow. You, you, once you get the horse knowing he's tracking that cow, now you start getting it from beside it and let him realize that because he stepped where he stepped, he got that cow stopped. And then the cow will make the move to tell you where he's going. Cow moves, horse moves, rider moves. It keeps it like this music looking perfect. You know he's getting somebody to talk over, huh? No, that's what I, that's what I was... That's what I was counting. I, I I knew I I knew what I was doing when I when I asked you to to do this because because nobody wants to listen to me. They want to listen to you. I don't know about that, but but it's it's the biggest problem anyone has in cutting is making it too difficult and too too technical. Okay, you just got to get it be simplicity. And a cow has a space around it, just like I got a space around me. And my horse has a space around him and the cow, too. See what I'm saying? And you control that cow by the two spaces joining. That, does that make sense to you? In yes. Words, I don't control him by getting up there and slapping that cow around or my horse slapping around. I control him because I, I know where that space is where I can control him. So when he starts putting pressure on me that it's hard, I'm giving ground. Okay, but I give ground to the point to where I can find somewhere where I can step because that cow will want to stop. And it won't be a whole length of time. It might just be the head of the horse. It, and it might be I have to get all the way to where that cow's head is on my leg on that horse. So I'm half a horse in front of him, see? It's the cow. It depends on that cow. A real fresh cow is going to work, say, 50 feet away from me. He's going to walk. That's... That's when you can really make things happen because that's that. It's like two bubbles. I'm ha- I'm handling him with his space. I get in his space. He realizes that he's going to go the other direction. Okay, I get over and get in space. I don't get up and touch him. I just get in space. He's got room. Much like a having a much like two balloons when you hit them together. You know what I'm saying? There's a space around. So I hope that makes sense. I, I put on a jig in clinics when I'm there and seeing somebody. I tell them. Talking too much of what was up. Don't usually talk quite this much, but uh, it's a pretty simple game. It's pretty simple. No, it's it's and people all the time confuse the two words simple and easy. Um, yeah, it, it truly is a simple concept. I I know it's from personal experience. It's far from easy, um, but it yeah, is a it is a pretty simple concept. I mean, ranchers ranchers do this to handle their cattle. I mean, th- this is how we get our beef on the table as they go out right. with their horses right. and they cut the calves, up, cut the calves out and ship them to market. And and a lot of those guys had never even heard of a cutting horse and they seem to be able to get those cattle handled pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's no, probably because they don't make it as hard as we do. Right. At first, you're going to make it hard because you really, you know, I, I always tell them, let's do a it's nothing anymore than that. And they look at each other like, nah, he's, he's nuts. Because it's got to be harder than that. No, it's not. But you've got to be able to simplify it down to those little simple things that happen, you know? And a cow will tell you pretty quick when you separate him off if he's got any honor into him at all. And if you he moves and you move just a little bit and get in his space, not cut touching, just get in the bubble that's around him and the bubble that's around me and my horse. So I may be handling him for 20 feet away. You see what I'm saying? Because that 
At first, the first cow has got a big bubble around it. You can handle them from a long ways off. When it gets closer, now it's getting more difficult. It's getting dangerous because that means that honor is breaking down. Uh, you've, if you've watched any cuttings, you'll see some guys and they'll be holding a cow and they'll be 20 foot apart, maybe more. And everywhere that cow goes, that horse runs over and gets it. But he's stopping that space like there's a bubble around it, see? He's not, he's not up there against that cow manhandling it, basically, but he just stops that space. He goes to that space where that cow's headed and he blocks it, not right up next to him, maybe 20 feet away from him. So it's a, that's what I call the bubble that goes around, you see? Bubble around my horse, bubble and me, and bubble around the cow. So I'm handling him with that bubble, that imaginary bubble that you can't see, but you know it's there. It's spacious, like the first time you walk up to a girl and you think, oh, she's so beautiful. You don't run up and smack her on the lips. You reach, you bend over and reach your hand out and say hello. And uh, you shake hands and then you sit there and talk a little bit. Now it might be the point. You shake her hand and she's getting a little closer and this and that and the other. So it's the same process. As we get more, what's the word? Is that the cow sees me more? My bubble breaks down. He starts to realize he might be able to do something to me, gets closer, you know. And, but I'm constantly trying to counteract his movements. And so when they get bad, you know it because it's really hard to contain them. Now you got to really get it. To, yeah, because they, they, they will run right under your horse's neck. I mean, when they get to oh, the, yeah. when they get mad, they, they get done. I mean, they'll run right through a fence. So oh, don't, when, don't, they, when they realize you can't hurt them, they, they'll take advantage of you real quick. But, but, uh, or like when we put, when we were training, you know, it's hard to keep a fresh cow every time you walk in there. So you're going to cut some of them cows are going to get cut several times just at home training. But they still have a spot on them that honor you. So you, you teach that horse that. If it goes to getting where that cow's just going to manhandle you and run over you, that's when I just quit and turn around and do something else. Because I don't want that horse to get to feeling like when that cow runs over him, he gets to quit. See, I don't want him to feel that. You follow me? Because usually... You could say, oh, my horse loves to cut. And I want, if I could talk a horse, I'd say, say, you love to cut? Or would you rather go eat? He'd say, I'd rather go eat. You see what I'm saying? We, that deal about them loving it, yes, they do. But it's still work. And <laughs> there's sometimes it's too hard and they don't like it. Well, that that's kind of one of the questions I wanted to talk to you about is, okay. is, is how, how can you keep, I mean, what do you do to make sure your horse stays interested? I, I'm with you. I, I don't think they, I don't think they necessarily would like to cut a cow more than anything else. But I certainly know that that there are some horses that that do seem to enjoy it. I mean, when they're if you work a cow and they're too fresh, they'll they'll go out there and they'll play like they were, you know, out in the yep. out in the stinking pasture. So I, I know some of them really really think it's fun. Um, and then I've also read some, ridden some horses that it seems like you've got to kick them every step to get them to go to the herd. They, they'd rather go just about anywhere else because they know how much work it is. What, what do you, what is your secret for keeping? Cause I, I watch you ride your horses to the herd for the last 30 years. And, and it seems like, seems like they're, they're not the least bit concerned about walking down there. Yeah. Well, they're, they, they can know their job and they feel comfortable. But what usually causes all that is somebody just continually pounding around on a horse and riding him wrong. Let's say, like I told you, cow moves, horse moves, rider moves. Well, if I'm a rider and that cow moves and I move before my horse and I move, 
you know, next time if I move the cow instead of waiting on my horse, he's going to get to where he thinks, hey, this is a terrible deal because now he's got to push me around, you see. Instead of making his clean turn and I just end up with him pulling me around there. So, and if you work a lot of really bad cows that don't hunt you, the horse will get sick of that, you know. So you as a trainer, when you're working a cow, if he's if he has no control in him, he's, he's lost all of his head, he's not worth a dang. You're better off just to back off and quit that cow before it gets bad like that and don't work it again, ever. Just you can go get more done on the flag. And so, so what is your what is your what is your opinion of of mechanical devices? I know Buster said once he 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 likes to work a cow. He, <laughs> rather than a tractor or whatever else a guy'd work. Yeah, he said, give me one old sour cow than any machine they've ever come up with. I'd rather have that. Well, I lived by that quite a while, but let me tell you something. Lloyd Cox is the winningest stumbuck in the world, and he's a really good guy, good friend of mine, has been for years. And my son is a horse therapist, and they, I mean, he's a He's at his place probably a week out of every month because he's got so many horses there. And they're, you know, treating them, getting sound and ready to go. And he said, Dad, he's got about 30 head of cows, and he's training about 60 head of horses. And he said, he don't change any cows hardly any. I said, what's he doing? He said, the flag. He said, he works at the flag, teaches them how to right and go with it, left stop, right stop. Cow moves, the flag moves, horse moves, rider moves. He puts all that move in on that flag. He doesn't try to, you know, when that flag started, guys tried to trip that horse, jump it around, had it going fast, doing this, doing that. No, he just teaches it to move with it. When it stops, stop. When it starts, be sure flag moves, back that horse a little bit, let him move, and then you come. You're always in that way. He stays clear in the mind and everything else, and he learns what he's doing. So when I started using that flag, that's trying to act like it was a cow, see? That was back back about Columbus time, I think, when I started trying to do that. But I I finally have realized from watching it and paying attention, especially him, that you can do it a lot. He, he he only brings those 30 cows in to move around in them and maybe knock one off after and hit two or three licks just so they're not all excited and worried about a cow when they get there. You know, they want to call cow fresh. He just knocks it off of them, but he does most of that training on that flag. And he, uh, all you got to do is look up, and the, every time they're having that, you usually see his name somewhere toward the top. So it's possible. And I have, since I've been demoted here, they brought in Grant, I have no cows. But I, I've only had oh, about eight horses the last little bit now, down to my only my two. But I am amazed at what I can do on that flag if I work it like it's a cow. Okay, and I don't. I'm, I got to make it halfway exciting to that horse somehow. So I just work on the fact that we can trot with it, walk with it, maybe lope with it a little bit when it. And I'm got him on a parallel move with it. So if I'm going to my right, you know, they walk and lead, and they trot and lead, and they lope and lead. So a lot of times I, I I don't walk much, but I do a lot of trot. Slow trot, maybe a little faster trot. And then if I really want to see what I got, I'll crank it up enough that he has to pick up into a little bit of low. And when I stop that flag, I make sure that horse stops right with it. When I'm going to my right, I make sure we're in that right lead. 
and I got that horse's head about on that flag, okay? And I'm usually away from it 15 feet, maybe 20, whatever. And then I'll occasionally get up there closer so he doesn't get worried about that thing. You see what I'm saying? And right. While I'm making these left stops and right stops. When I first started trying to work that cow, that flag, I tried to do a pattern. I go right to a, to a short gate and stop, back left to a little short move and stop, maybe 10 feet each way. And then I go long right way down there to the fence, maybe and stop. And, Long way back down to the left and stop and just kind of go through a little stupid pattern I was doing. I don't do that now. I just, if I feel like we're going along there and he's got a hold of it pretty good, I'll just shut it down. And if, and if he stops right there with it, wait to see where it's, where it's going, then I'll feel like I'm getting somewhere. And I may trick him a little. He, if he gets to thinking, we go right and stop, we go left and stop. I might go out to the right and stop. And if I feel him, I, you can feel him on your butt. If I feel him getting ready for a left turn, I'll just go on the right some more. See what I'm saying? Right stop, right stop, right stop. All of a sudden now, he's thinking, okay, this is not a pattern. I got to pay attention. So <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So so are you doing that? Are you doing that with your two two-year-olds before you introduce them to a cow? Or or do you kind of get them following that cow around and then do that? Or do you think it matters? Well, I tell you what I do. Uh, now that I use a slag. Now I don't have cows like I told you. I, once I get a horse broke good and everything, uh, and ready to get started, I mean, I get, I can pick up leads, stop, roll back, over my, roll back, as I go to the right, stop and roll over my hocks and come out, trot or lope to the left and the left lead. Once I get them like that, then I'll start. I like to, if I was really younger and doing like, like I'd like to do it, I'd take those one cow at a time in there and just track with him. You know, track around there, track around there. We, we, I might be usually in a round pen because when Buster invented that, all the old timers thought he was crazy, but he wasn't. So I, you might get in a, in a round pen. I might it might be a hundred fifty foot round pen. I just stay with that cow track on right alongside it. Track up there, and we track, 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 track. And it could be an old sour cow, you know. And when I get ready to try to get it to turn the other way, I'll just try to hit it. You know, go past it just a little. Now, if it, won't, if it still keeps coming, I don't make him keep going way out there to stop it. I just drop back in there with it and stay with it. But I, I'm going around to the right. If I'm going around like that, and I just step up there a little bit in front of him, and he'll stop. If he stops, and I stop. And I wait right there. If he starts slow back to my left, I back a step or two to keep him on his rear and then let him make that left turn and try to get up there and track with that cow again. You know, like not behind it, but beside it. You see what I'm saying? Okay, right. So, yeah, it's very simple. And, and you know what? This game is so simple that uh, we make it hard sometimes just because it, we can't get simple enough. And it's okay for this to be pretty slow, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it can be slow. Uh, it can be slow, and I tell you, like, I'm, that's what I'm working over here now is just a flag because I've been, I mean, yeah, behind me's got. I, I live right in the middle of both places. We got three ranches here that are all on the same people. So I work out of one of them's got a big, huge barn on it, and it's uh, it's about oh half a mile from my house, and then the barn up above is about a quarter mile from my house, and that's where he's at with air conditioner. <laughs> but he's got a lot of cows. I got no cows, and I have actually got a four-year-old that hasn't seen very many cows. And can really cut. I take her to different places, you know, when I get a chance to go work cows somewhere. 
and uh, she's really come a long, long ways. I won some on her, but I haven't won a lot because I haven't been able to show her much. But she's trained. She's getting trained real good. And most of it's right there on that flag. But now, you've got to work that flag and not just think, I'm going to throw my hand down and the horse supposed to work it like you do when you throw him down on a cow because that don't work. Okay. You're using it as a tool to make sure he's tracking with it. And that when you stop that that flag, he stops. So you're going to have to stop him with it several times in order for him to get it that way. It's not something that you just, you don't just throw your hand down and go to work on a flag. You can let him have slap, but not a slap enough slack he hangs himself. So if you're, if you're trotting along there with that flag, he's trying to trot faster. I slow him back down, make him stay right there with him. And then I might have a double a button there, and I might hit that faster speed, and I want him to pick that speed up, but be right even with that flag and not go past it until I ask him to go past it. You see what I'm saying? I just want him to be even with everything. Same thing you do on the cow. Exactly the same thing. Fascinating. I, I, but I'm confusing you. No, no, no. I, I've... I've got uh, I've got a complete lack of cattle now in my in my operation. I, I've got a I've got a horse that I'm I'm wanting to 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 get I want to get back into cutting. I've been away from it for quite a number of years, and and I'm I'm ready at this point in my life to get back in it. But I don't have I don't have a mess of cattle to work, and it's really encouraging that that I can I can get one of these these flag deals. And set it up and, and do, you know, I can probably do all the training I need and haul to cattle rather than trying to yep. main, maintain cattle on my place. Exactly. And you, I, I've never thought I'd say this. Buster Welch, he's still alive, bless his heart. He, he would, he, oh, this is his statement. Just give me one old sour cow and that's all I need because I don't want no machines, you know, and he just was totally against it, but I, I'm too. He might have been. He might have been a little spoiled too, with with having pretty good access to cattle his whole life. Well, he was, he ranched. He was, he, was <laughs> he was a rancher that could. But <laughs> I'm telling you, he was the smartest human about cutting I ever met. And all them other top guys you've heard of around his age group, they were good. Shorty Freeman was awesome. They were he and Russell were best. Buddies. And Shorty, he he was the quietest rider a horseback you ever saw. He you'd never even know he's doing anything, and he get it done. And his son Bill, he's the wildest sob you ever saw. Yes, sir. <laughs> really hard on the horse, but he could win. Buster, he he's much more into being broke than people think. He he acts like you don't want to roll broke. You know, I don't want to roll broke. I don't want to where they're listening to me instead of watching that cow. Well, I've had a difficult time because most of the time I had a decent supply of cattle after I turned 40 years old, you know. But now, because I've been forced into retirement, uh, I have to I have to use that flag. And I've got a friend over here that lives, oh, 15 miles from me, 20. And he keeps a lot of cattle. Matter of fact, I showed a horse for him at the fraternity made finals once when he was training a lot of horses. He's not ever been overly successful but he, he understands cutting you know and everything and uh, he he's got some people just come in here and rent a work you know so much so i go over there for 50 bucks get them and work some cows but uh they're not always fresh so what i've been doing is just working them on his own the flag a lot 
and knowing what I'm doing with them on that flag. I'm being simple. I want them to be simple. And I get over to his place, and I'm amazed at how well they work. And that, so I'm sure that's what uh, Lloyd Cox does, too, is he, he relates everything to that flag. He makes them think that flag is a yeah, cow. That's what he does. <clears throat> but doing that, he doesn't just get into a rhythm. He moves it around. Right? He might take a long pass here, stop. Start back to the left and go right back to the right. So they keep looking at that dang flag, trying to figure out where it's at, and not just get into a boring pattern. So you got to make that flag act like a cow. Does that make sense? It, it does. And, and I've I've seen. I haven't watched. I I don't live very far from uh, from a pretty good hand named Richard Jordan, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Richard doesn't keep a lot of cows either. Um, and his his two year olds are pretty pretty dang nice when he gets them to Fort Worth and and it's and it's not because he's worked a thousand cows on no no so I I know I know I know there's there's definitely something to what to what you're saying here yeah yeah there's no question and I was kind of forced into doing it more with the flag because they took me away from the cows you know I mean they, they I don't have any and uh so I thought I gotta do something. So I'm gonna be able to do it good. And but I I did it a whole lot different than I'd ever done it before. I used it like a cow. So I kept that horse worried about what it was doing. So I might make a couple of passes there just real easy, and then all of a sudden start like a little, little easy and speed it up a little bit, and then whoop, and then come back right in the middle of that turn, just go back to the right again like I was going. So that horse now he used to watching that thing to see where it's gonna go. So you get the same sense of what they're doing on the cow. You see what I'm saying? And you don't go, what I'm trying to say is don't make a pattern out of it. Don't go 20 feet down there and stop, 20 feet down here and stop, and then 40 feet down there and stop, 40 feet back this way and stop. No. Just keep it. Keep, keep them looking for it. Keep, keep them surprised it. at what's happening. So, so you're, you're mixing it up as though it were a cow, and, and that yeah. kind of makes, yeah. them, wanna, makes them want to hustle back to it. Watch the cow. He'll do the same movements. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. So I keep it mixed up a little bit. I, I, at first, I told you I did a little pattern. The guy showed me take long, long pass, long pass, then take a halfway pass, halfway pass back. And I, I do that. Well, pretty soon I got a horse that give a crap about nothing. So now I may have it at two speeds on there. So I might go along there and break and stop to the right and come back to the left, make a left move. Stop, and then I might go right back over to that same spot where I stopped. Right, stop, right. Wait a minute, go right some more. You see what I'm saying? Keep him thinking. Keep keep his mind on it. Make him worry about where that thing's going, or be be concerned about where that flag's going. And once you feel that, I was, I was amazed. I mean, that's all I've had for the last two years. I'm amazed when I go work cow how well they respond to it. Now I know how. How uh, Lloyd does it. I mean, I got, I'm not as good as Lloyd, but I know how he does it. And uh, he was, he's amazing. He, he's, um, and he's amazing to get around him. So is, is the and, key to that, is that key to that not, not necessarily making them, you know, hurry through the turn, but be a, being a pretty big, if they're a little late, being a pretty big hurry to go catch it so that there's a price I, I to be paid for being late. How do you, how do you mentally think about that? I do the same thing on the flag that I would do on the cow. So if I, I take off my right and somebody wants to get out there past it a little bit, I let them get out there past it. Then I stop. 
And when he makes that turn coming back, I drill his butt or drill him in that cow leg and I make him go catch that thing quick. See, he went two lengths by it. When I go make a left turn, I let him make it, right? I let him go start his turn, get halfway through. And then when he gets halfway through that turn, then I make him go catch that thing flag fast and they'll park him. And you can do that twice, same, same move twice, and you can't get him to go by that cow going to the right again because he realizes how hard it is to get back there and cover it. You see what I'm saying? It's, you just got to keep thinking about it that way. Don't, there's no pattern. But if, if he shows you where he's at, pretty soon you can't pull him off of that plaque. You know, he stays wherever it goes. He's going to go with it. And you can't, you, you can't hardly pull him off because he's worried that it might be going fast this next trip. See? So he's got it on his mind. If you get one of them being complacent, then, I, then you're not getting anywhere. He's got to be, he, you got to get him to try to think about where that flag is. See, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not confusing you, but. No, no. No, I, 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 I'm fascinated because I've, I'm, again, I like I was telling you, I, I'm in a place where I, I'm, I'm forced economically to figure this whole flag deal out. So, um, I hope, I hope the listeners are <clears throat> interested in this because uh, I, I certainly am. <laughs> I guess I'm being, I'm being a little bit selfish right now, and I, I'm going to have to give that up here, in, here in just a second because I, there's a couple other things I would like to talk to you about, and one of them. One of them is um, is on these aged events, um, and and I know I know it's good for it's financially, it's very lucrative to have these three year old cutting horses, but there's a lot of outside people that are saying that's too you know we're starting these babies at 18 months old and and we're crippling half these horses we do this and it's not it's not good for the horses. Um, what what is your take on that? Is, is are these aged events, you know, damaging to the horses? Should we should we look at maybe having the the futurity be for four year old horses instead of three year old horses, or or what? I guess what is your what's your take on that? Well, you know, it's that question has been asked a gazillion times, and and it, uh, it everybody thinks about that. They know, you know, is this is, are we trying to get them to do it too quick? The guys that are being successful, are, it's, it's no big deal. The guys who aren't successful probably are running those horses by overworking them the way they do. You follow me? Okay. In other words, I'll go back to that KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't make it difficult. So when you're working that flag, you're not going to. I may trick him occasionally, but I'm not going to trick him every time I go down there. I'm going to get him moving free with the thing like he's a cow. And I can use some different speeds so that he's got to be thinking. I want the horse to think. And, uh, but now if I just get out there and go through bing, bing, bing real fast or something, that's not going to get I want him to worry what the black is going to do next. If he's doing that, when I go work a cow, and, and I'm telling you, nobody's got better horse. I go, keep going back to Lloyd, but he works at Platform. Anybody I know except me, and I don't have cows, he's, but he does it. But, uh, I've learned more since they retired me about how to work that flag than I ever did before because I had enough cows that I didn't, I didn't mess with that flag much because I always, Buster's been my hero and he hates them, but. Yeah, I've never, I've never owned, I've never owned a mechanical cow in my life, but that's yeah. about to change. <laughs> you know, I had one of those Lenny Ashley made and I still got it. Uh, they, I had it up here. At, see, I live right in the middle of these. It's all one ranch now with the three of them right here together. So I live in the middle. 
and my land cow was up there in the big uh, cover alongside that barn. Barn's 300 foot long, so I kept it at about oh, 180, 200 feet out there under a there, 50, 60 foot out, and I'd work it. And the only thing with that thing, it makes some noise, so it, it's, I don't know, that's the only thing I don't like is the noise it makes that much, because cow's not making that much noise. But you can keep a horse going with one of those things. But you don't do, the whole thing is keep that horse ready for whatever's going to happen. So I, let's say I run 50 foot to the right and stop, 50 foot back to the left and stop. I'm not going to do that again. So the next move I go to the right, I'm going to do something a little different. So I want him worried about where that thing's going to stop. I don't want him just saying, oh, you know, right, stop, left, stop. I want him to be worried about that thing in front of him. If he is, his attention gets on it. And when you go work a cow, you'll be surprised how his attention's on that cow. That's the whole secret to the deal. But it, you got to keep him thinking about it. It's gotta, it can't be a pattern, same old mess. It's got to be, he's got to think about it. Am I, am I, am I making sense to you? <clears throat> make, you make it, you're making perfect sense. Okay. H having, having said this, just a, just kind of a quick, do, yeah. do you find, I mean, one of the things that I think is tough on soundness on these horses is, you know, loping them for four hours before you work them. Um, <laughs> That's a short period, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, I, I, I've, I've been to shows warming horses up and and loped until my my butt bled through my Wranglers. So, yeah. I, I know how that works. But, but these, these, these flags do they do they help you with that? Not having so. to have them soaking wet before you work them. I think so. And I tell you, uh, I've been one of them guys that loped like this, Gary. Buster, uh, Buster loafing quite a little bit. And then, like, Larry Ritter, when he's alive, Lord, he probably had, and Kathy Dawn spent her entire life loping until she finally put her on a horse and realized she had talent. She had the talent for watching everything that was going on, you know. But she loped and loped and loped and loped. And Ritter's horses would always look ragged out. But he'd beat you. And it's it's funny now that I'm working this flag and everything, and I tell you, I found uh, I forget what this drug's name is now. You know, we used to give a little ace to keep them down and whatnot, but ace can make them get almost like uh, I don't know, go away or go to sleep or something. You know? Right. I can't think of. I've just been using it for about four months here. You know? Anyway, I use two tenths of a cc. If not every day, just sometimes if I'm you know feeling like this horse is getting a little too jumpy. And I got a track out here that we, uh, this is like uh, 360 acres. And we, we got 80 acres that's just all wooded. And so we we built uh, trails all through the thing. But that's where we empty our shavings for all these horses. And so I got uh, trails that are about eight foot wide all through these woods. And I take them, I might just take them, walk around in there in the woods and come out and go, go work. And I, I'm okay. So it's, Keeping that horse's mind down is what you're at. You know what I'm saying? Keeping him down. So what I do is I try to run out here in these trails, and those shavings are about, I don't know, 8, 10 inches deep now, you know, so they're soft. And I'll track around all those trails we've got, and you usually don't go the same way every time, you know, just to keep so they're just going. And trot back over and work that flag, and they're down. So I'm not riding them near as much as I used to. I used to be like reading and riding low for two, three hours, and that's probably what you're talking about, but you don't have to do that. They get you. You don't know when their mind's right. 
Now you you can't just saddle them and walk in the herd good because they're the kind of animal they're a little hyper. Anyway, you're a little worried all the time. Well, and their their muscles need to be warm too. I mean, they, they do yeah. need to, like an athlete, yeah. they need to be warmed up. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I had a couple of horses that I had I loped them two three hours before the show. I've been the first guy there. Me and uh, uh, Kathy, I don't know who was it. Me and somebody. Anyway, we'd say hello every morning in the dark, and we'd be out there loping. I miss Kathy. She was really loped the heck out of it. So. Uh, I've been in that stage too, but I found you don't have to do that. If you get if you get to know that horse, he knows what's going to happen. And I don't even use them drugs very much now. And I can take them right through these trails here for about twenty minutes, a walk through, come back over and start working. And I'm I'm in good shape. I mean, I don't have to lope near as much as I used to. It's getting their mind down there is what you're after. And we used to lope too much, and that's why so many of the things get crippled. You know. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's something you learn. And I, I'm telling you, I had two of the wildest sun bucks there ever was that you had to spend some time riding them, but it wasn't all open. I was just riding them, letting their mind come down, you know, and they don't do that in an arena with 25, 30 horses. So I like to get outside, move them around. They'll get kind of, you, you feel it when they start coming down. But I've amazed myself this last year that when, what, the way I get them ready to go work, I'll try different things each time, and I don't have to do near as much as I used to. But I thought I had to do Interesting. I think you're going to find anybody that talks as much as me. <laughs> no, I, I was counting on it. <laughs> okay. So, so how how young is too young to start a horse? There's here's another here's another topic of of discussion. Yeah, I think he needs to be a full two years old before you try to do anything. Uh, a lot of guys are I know have been doing it like eighteen months. Not me. Uh, and I don't put much pressure on them in the two-year at all. Just ride them, you know, and, and I may work them a little, but I don't, uh, I do work them a little, but I don't work them a lot. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't ever want to see them get all wore out and tired over it. I want them to keep thinking it's a lot of fun. If they, that's how you keep them fresh and cool and having that, that pretty bright look all the time. If you work a son of a buck so much and so hard, pretty soon he's just like a human being. Man, yeah, I gotta find another job. This was wearing me out. You know what I'm saying? So right. you gotta keep it fun. And it's not fun when you're tired. Okay. So what Reader and him did, they spent too much time on it. But now well, I tell you what, Doc Bar started all this loping anyway. You know, Charlie Ward, he had Doc Bar. How long did, did you guys ride these Doc Bars before you realized he was gonna rape? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you can look at him. I said, hello. I worked on an Arabian breeding farm one time. And I said, they got the same neck, big, big bulging eyes, uh, you know, little muzzle, the whole nine yards. And I said, these dock bars go forever. You know, you just keep open, open, open. Well, he was, he was said, if, I'm, That's if I'm correct, he was supposed to be a running horse, right? I mean, he was bred to be a racehorse. Yeah. Dock bar. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm telling you, if you see very many of those original dock bars, they're all Arabian. There's more Arab in them than anything. So somewhere there was an Arabian in the woodpile. Okay? <laughs> because I, I guarantee you there was, because if you'll stop thinking about all the dock bar pictures or anything you've seen of any of those good dock bar horses, they had that little muzzle. Teacup nose. That was their selling point when I was, when I was in, in you know, junior high. 
was kind of when Doc Bar. God, that's a long time ago now. But that that's when he was hot. I mean, but I I promise you, there's more air of him than you can ever imagine. Who was it, Charlie Rose? It was, but there was no question that was in there. And uh, even I asked Charlie Warren one time. I said, "How much air do you think there was in him?" He looked up and he grinned. He said, "Don't ask me that question." I said, "I'm telling you, you look at them; they can they go forever." And I said, "They're." Their eyes bug out and they get excited every time they see a cow. I said, them old Leos and them old Kings, they didn't do that. So that's why they cost them on all the book winning and King Red Mares, you know, and it works. But uh, it's in there. There's no question about it. But uh, that's why they're so bright. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it said lunging in Arabian at the Lope is like, revving the engine on a race car and dumping the clutch. You're, 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 not, you're not really wearing them out. I worked for a ranch right there on the uh, right there in the river, Oklahoma, and up right across the Red River. And uh, they had they were making these deals where they'd sell these people these horses uh, that weren't horse people. They'd bring them out there and oh boy, they'd find these beautiful horses and they'd sell them everything. So they really realized there was more money in selling the quarter horse at that time. So they go to them wholesales and buy all these damn horses they get and then try to sell them. Why? They hired me because I'd been riding something I'd cut a little bit. Man, I wanted it so bad that they had an arena out by the, it was right there on the Canadian River. And they had an arena out there with those night lights on it. And it was a big old pen. And they had about 30 head of Charlotte cows. Well, and then they buy all these cheap horses and get them going good and go take them back to a sale and resell them, you know, get them started good. And so I started, I, I, I wanted it so bad, I'd get up in the middle of the night, and they had those night lights out there in that little arena, and I'd get them, and I'd go out there, and we had 10 head of cows, I think, charlets, and I'd drive them things around, and work till daylight, you know, and go back to work all day there, and uh, one time, I'm Paul Horn, and uh, the other names, anyway, they come to stay with us. And they stayed in a little cabin in there. And uh, Harris Bryant, Harris Bryant. Uh, anyway, Harris said, Oh, look at that kid. He said, It's one o'clock in the morning. He's out there, got 10 horses saddled in the pan, round in the pan, pen out there. And he says, I'm hiring him. He said, Man, you can't do that. He says, That's that don't work for Cecil. He said, I don't care. Anybody get up in the middle of the night and do that. <laughs> so, but I was doing it for me. Because I knew the uh, way they'd been buying a horse, there had to be something there that could. And amazingly, I trained three or four that way. But it, it's then they got where they just doing it like an assembly line, and that don't work either. Cow horse got to be a cow horse. You know, if he's going to be a winner and stay with you, he's got to be a cow horse. You can't you can't keep working the flag forever. I'm amazed at how well you can do things with a flag. But I don't. I can't completely train one on a flag. I don't think. The horses I'm telling you I'm doing now, I had them on cattle pretty good before. I went to mess with that flag that much. Okay, so that that's that was that was kind of where I was wondering is if if you can you can go spend you know two or three weeks even you know trailing that cow and getting them to kind of be interested in and starting yeah. to starting to move with that cow on their own, understanding right. what's going on, then you can go to the flag. Well, or vice versa, but. The point is, 
you, they got to see cows somehow. But you got to you got to handle that flag with the same way a cow moves. You follow me? The same thought process. So, so when you're deciding whether to stop that flag or not or let it go, you want to you want to be thinking like a cow. Yep. And and I tell you, like if I'm going along there with it, and I speed him up to go out past it, and just keep that flag coming, I want him to slow back down and get with that flag. You follow me? Yep. I want him to just keep going fast out there. I want him to realize, or if we're going on there and he's right with that flag, and I stop and turn it real quick back the other way, I want him to react to that. So I might get out there pretty soon. It's just like a cow. You step up in the bubble the cow has around this, like space you and I have when we first meet. We reach out and shake hands. And as nice a guy as you sound, probably within an hour, we'll probably have our hand on each other's neck saying, hey, man, sure, nice to meet you. you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Same thing with a cow. So I try to treat it that way. And I I start, I've always started some on a flag and then building the cows, but now I'm forced to have to, I don't think I completely train one on, on a flag. I got to have some cows at some point. But these two mares that belong to me, I don't work them to the point I make them get, get bored with it. But uh, I trot them all around this place pretty good and uh, don't lope their wheels off of them. I just move them around enough that they they, they realize, hey, it's time just to calm down, see. And so I do that, and then I'll go hit a lick to the flag. And if that horse seems like he's really watching it, then I might move it across there and break it back real fast at a bigger speed and make him go get it and stop. And then, you know, a couple times like that, but then go back slow again. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yep. I keep him worried about that flag, just like I'm worried about that cow. And I'm amazed at that. I've said that a million times already, but it used to be by a little pattern. That pattern gets boring as hell. So I try not to get boring. I try to keep him thinking about what's that thing going to do next. You see what I'm saying? And it's amazing me at how they come to a cow and work it as good as they do. Well, that's, that's absolutely encouraging for me. Um, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm forced to it. I, I got to figure it out for myself for, for sure. Yeah. Um, on you, you made the, you know, on these, on these young horses, just kind of like, let's just make this the last, the last piece of information when okay. you're evaluating a prospect, what, what, what do you look for? Um, you know, if you're to decide, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend 18 months training this horse. What what do you look for before you say, yeah, I want that one? How do you make your selection? Well, I, I watch, uh, like, I bought a couple of really good horses out there, too. So maybe more than a couple, but uh, we bought that Doc Savalina. Is that her name? Doc, uh, anyway, uh, I, I, yeah, anyway, she, uh, she brought 300000 I thought I'd get fired after that. But... Uh, She's she's really special, but I, what I watch for is I want to see how that horse is worried about the cow, worried or interested, however you want to say it. But it basically, it's worried. They want to worry that things going. So if they got the both eyes on that south down when I'm watching them evaluating them and wherever it's going, they're hunting it. You know, not not it's not all the running and carrying on stuff. Just if they got their attention on it and how they react to it, and then how they move. If they move very athletically, it looks like. They can trot in a left lead or open a left lead real soft and how they stop 
they don't have to crush it every time. But I, I want to, I can tell, but look at when, when it stops, if it's going to be able to really crush the stop. You see what I'm saying? Just because of how he collects himself. So, so when, when you I, watched Would She Be Magic uh, in 2020 at the sale, there was no doubt in your mind. I mean, at least in my mind, there was no doubt that mare was special. Um, and I mean, I step out of turn here, but I kind of thought Mr. Shepard won the futurity, but they didn't pay me to judge it. So <laughs> that is what it is. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe no. John did, but I sure thought Austin did a wonderful job with that mare. Yep. Um, Austin's, Austin's amazing. amazing. He's kind of my hero. Cause I'm a big guy like that. And, and how how somebody that big could ride so perfectly is is just an because he, he he does those simple things just like I told you left stop right stop in order that when that horse stops on the right for him to turn around he's got to rock back on his butt and come out of there in the left lead so he moves under me remember that deal about underweight right move away from weight so if you see somebody go over there that's as big as as uh, as he is as Austin and that cow moves and they move back to say he's making a, the cow's going back to lift and he moves to his left and leaves the horse out there that horse cannot turn around right that man weighs 300 pounds there ain't no way he can push Austin out of the way you watch Austin he said he goes over and we hit that right stop that cow moves that horse moves right around him and he just stays balanced right underneath it turns right under him and that horse don't even realize he weighs he rides so good but it's only thing it is and always remember this. Cow moves, horse moves, rider moves. If you get that, if you break that sequence up, if the cow moves and I move, then I've, I've blocked him from coming through that turn. He'll come, but he didn't come as clean and pretty. You see what I'm saying? Right. But if if the cow moves, my horse moves under me, just like I feel that saddle rolling under my buttocks, you know, and he, he kind of drags me out of there. Well, when, he's, when he left and I'm still a little bit behind, what does he do? He gets away from that weight. So he, I don't even have to ask him sometimes. He just moves away from my way. And now I don't let him get out from under me, but I let I, I, that sequence is in my mind, held in my mind. Cow moves, horse moves, rider moves. Don't interfere with that. Horse doesn't need to move till the cow does. Cow's got to go so the horse knows where he's going, and the horse got to go, and then I come. I'm not in his way that way. He pulls me right through there. It's easier to pull that weight than it is to push it. See what I'm saying? So he, uh, it's cow, horse, rider. If you get that down in your brain, you will never have a problem riding again. It'd be perfect. <laughs> well, I'm going to work on that, sir. Um, yeah, good. And, and, and it has been such a, such a pleasure visiting with you tonight. I'm, I'm so, I'm so honored that you would take the time to visit with me. Um, oh. and, and again, I, I wish you the very, very best. Um, I'm sure you will continue to be successful. You're you're one of the one of the winningest horse trainers, one of the winning cutting horse trainers in history. So um, yeah, everybody, everybody, when you're at the cut and everybody says, "Shit, Chubby Turner's here," um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's nice. But they don't. I'm not necessarily a big threat. But I tell you what, if you will indel in your mind what I've just been telling you about the simplicity of it, and stay that way. And it sounds like to me you're a really nice person and you enjoy this game. I think you'll be very successful at it. Just keep it simple, okay? Don't. It's only left stop, right stop. That's it. And you go to your left, you got to do something to get the cow stopped 
in order for it to come back to your right. And the whole thing is you're trying to keep making that left and right and left and right till he gives it up somewhere where that fire is burning so I can drag him, get the roper can drag him and brandy and the herd. So right in the middle is where I'm after. If I can get him to give it up right there in the middle and turn, make some move to turn away from me, I've done my job. You see what I'm saying? So we're, That's where the game came from. Excuse me? I said that is absolutely where this game came from. Yes. So if there's one judge out there, I'm wanting that that cow to give it up right in front of that judge and trot toward him. Then I I always tell people, that's when you do a little theatrics. I said, when you do it perfect like that, I said, you quit. You look down at that cow, look up at that judge. It is eye contact and back down at that cow. That's, That's the way you lead him into realizing what a great job you just did because that cow tried you everywhere and you broke him down right in the middle where he was headed out toward that imaginary fire with a Brandon energy. And I try to show one that way every time as possible. Sometimes you get in the room, you realize you got, got to get out of here now or the next few moves I'm fixing to get hit. So I try to quit legal, but to make those good runs, I quit right back. If wherever that middle judge is, I quit right in the middle. And as that cow turns, moves away from me, I, I always look up at that judge, look back at the count, look up at that judge that moves his eye contact back. He realizes what you just did. He doesn't even know you're you're messing with his brain, but you are. Well, so, for for those that don't for those that don't know, if you go if you go searching on the internet and go searching for YouTube's and you try and find a, a videotape of a two thirty run, unless I'm mistaken, the only one that I know of is is of you. Mr. Turner, <laughs> the only, and it was a, it was a legitimate two thirty. I'd never seen anything like it. Well, you made my day right there, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> you remember what horse it was? Um, I, I remember it was, I think it was in California and damn, I can't remember the name of the horse. It was a, that Mercuria. They did that Mercuria thing on the West coast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We still need that, but we don't have any more, but that was a good deal. Uh, well, listen, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't bore you. But, you, you, uh, you, you didn't. And, and, you know, I guess if my listeners don't like it, that's, uh, we'll, we'll do something different next week, but I sure as heck enjoyed it. I appreciate it, sir. Well, you're quite welcome. And uh, anytime you want to holler at me, just give me a shout. I'll do it, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Nice talking to you. Good to talk to you, sir. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you so very much, Mr. Turner, for giving me your time and insight on the world of cutting and cutting horse training. I hope all of our listeners enjoy this as much as I did. You are truly one of the great teachers in the sport and an example of class and determination to be the best. Thank you so much for joining me on Horse Sense 101, a podcast dedicated to helping you have that meaningful relationship with your horse you always wanted to have. Please tell your horsey friends about us and invite them to join us on our Facebook group, Horse Sense 101, and every Monday for our podcast available at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you again, Mr. Turner, for sharing your time with us. I am also grateful for you, my listeners, and my wife and friends who helped make this podcast possible. God bless you all, and have a wonderful rest of your day. The Mustang still runs free. The eagle soars above the pinion pine. These horses stand for something that is precious and more rare than all the silver and the gold from them old mines. So let them run, let them run. Let them wild ponies run. Don't you brand them, don't you break them. 
Jesus. Amen.